Nashville Predators run up against a brick wall against the Florida Panthers in a 4-1 loss. Is this team's confidence shook right now? And is it time for the Preds to make some roster changes? All coming up today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Predheads out there, the everyday as you're doing into every single show. We love you guys, and we appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Also want to mention today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. Well, Ann, a 4-1 loss for the Nashville Predators to the Florida Panthers, uh, although two of those goals were empty natters right at the end. True. Um, yeah, bad, bad stretch of games for the Nashville Predators uh, going back to Saturday against the Coyotes. But I will say, Ann, over the last two games, at least the Nashville Predators didn't shoot the puck into their <laughs> own empty net like the Pittsburgh Penguins did last night. Hey, we oh, saw y'all. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Now, I do remember years ago, Nick Benino scoring an own goal, but it was off of the back of UC Soros, off of UC Soros' escape, taking it yeah. down. But I will tell you that for as disappointing as this loss was against Florida, there was joy in the morning watching the replay of the Pittsburgh Penguins score an own goal on a delayed penalty, you know, putting them down four to two. There was there was much rejoicing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the little things. See, everybody is like, "Oh, uh, you know, Chris Letang, what are you doing?" That was, you know, kind of a ill-advised pass by Letang. But Evgeny Malkin, like, that's the effort you're going to use for a pass back, like in front of your own net. Get the puck. Get the that's puck, your job. Man. Uh, look, I mean, yes. the National Predators don't have a lot of room to talk gas about uh, effort plays. Uh, four to one. The final score last night against the Florida Panthers, an awful first period in which the Predators were outshot 14 to four Florida Panthers turned it on in the second period. Again, uh, Sam Reinhardt got a goal about halfway through, but then, and I thought the game turned a little bit. Nashville Predators put some good effort together. Jeremy Lazan scored on a deflected shot. Um, and it looked like at that point, hey, the Predators might have something going here. They were really, I think, controlling play at this point. Uh, and then things changed in the third uh, when Carter Verhage scored uh, to make it 2-1 to one on a really, really solid shot, I thought. Yeah, um, And then Brandon Montour with the Philip Forsberg Western Conference Final Special, uh, the empty net goal from all the way down on the other side of the ice. Uh, Matthew Kachuk added another empty netter to make it 4-1 in favor of the Panthers. And your one word to describe last night's game. 
I really agonized over this one word, but I think that I've kind of come up with the best way to sum up what I took away from this game. And I know that the Venn diagram of people who love hockey and people who knit probably has a smaller center circle, but I'm going with a knitting. I'm Just hear me out. I'm going with a knitting word, and that is cast off. So when you knit, you cast on, you put your stitches on your needles, you knit whatever you're knitting, but then you have to create an end. You have to do special stitching called casting off, and that creates an end to your knitting. It's how you kind of seal the stitches so that whatever you've knit doesn't come and unravel. And my grandmother taught me to cast on. She taught me to knit, but we never got to the lesson on casting off. So the knitting that I have is just long rows and rows and rows of something that I can't cast them off. I, I need to learn how to do that. You don't complete a project without casting off. And I feel like the Nashville Predators are not able to cast off. You know, in the second period, especially, you know, the first period I think was was just terrible by the Predators. I don't think they played their best game by any stretch. The second period, they really got going. They started generating offensive zone time. They started generating some chances. The problem that they have is that they don't finish. They're not casting off when they get looks. They're not um, finishing on shots. They're not finishing on power play opportunities. And I think what's happening is you're seeing their their you're seeing their record unravel because this was not a game where the Nashville Predators were blown out. This was a game that was two to one with two minutes left. You know, this was a game where the Predators down the stretch had quality looks that they didn't finish. So for me, I feel like this was a game where the players just didn't cast off. They didn't finish. Yeah. For me, and I, I think that's a, a great take because it just seemed like, you know, the Predators built momentum, got themselves back into the game after a rough start, um, and then just had trouble sealing the deal. I mean, how yeah. many plays did we see uh, where, I mean, first off, I, I think credit to Anthony Stellars in Panthers, a great game because he had a lot of good chances. Um, but, you know, there's also the chance where Tommy Novak was looking at an empty net. All he had to do was one time the puck in, completely miss the puck. Uh, yet another time where, you know, I think Stellars wound up making the save, but um, and I can't remember who was the player. might have been Ryan O'Reilly, but had the puck on his stick and had Stellar's beat if he would have just maybe lifted the puck or roofed the thing uh, yeah. and just couldn't get any lift on it. So there were some, you know, self-inflicted stuff. Um, you know, and I, I think there is uh, a small Venn diagram of knitting um, and hockey. There might yeah. be an even smaller one for uh, survivor and hockey. Okay. So. Uh, my one word is Jake. Now, anybody who watched this past season Survivor, there's a character named Jake who is basically Charlie Brown. Uh, the season, like, was just on the bottom the whole season. Kind of made mistake after mistake. And then finally got going at the end. He got a, a hidden immunity idol. He got uh, he got himself in the Final Four fire-making challenge. Uh, and it looked like, hey, he's finally turning it around. Like he's he's got momentum. Like he's, things are finally turning his way. But by the end of it, the other two players that were there with him at the final three were just too strong. Their resumes were too long. 
their you know their list of moves were too long they easily dominated the game better than he did and at that point you know he was just like hey well you know i had a good last uh, little bit here you know i had a good like last couple of weeks there right in the middle but you know there there's no way i'm beating these two and that felt like the nashville predators last night look i mean they they dug themselves in a hole early they dug themselves then out of it as the game went on. I thought really good momentum, but at the end, it's just they couldn't match what Florida had. They didn't have, you know, the skill. They didn't have the resume to beat Florida. They, you know, couldn't nail their chances when they had. And by the time, you know, the final buzzer rang, Florida had just put up too much of a clinic uh, for the Predators to really have any shot there at the end. Yeah, this was a weird game to kind of come away from, I felt like. It was a weird game to kind of come away from with a very clear feeling in the sense that I felt like the Predators in the second period really matched a lot of what Florida was able to do. Not Florida was without Barkov. They were without Forsling. So it wasn't the full Florida squad, but obviously Sam Reinhart was there. And I felt like they were able to match it well. And it wasn't a game where it was too little too late. It was just enough in just enough time, but they didn't finish it. So it's like, on the one hand, you know, you you drive away from Bridgestone Arena feeling like, man, we really hung in there with a team that is a cup contending team. Like Florida is, that's the goal. That's where they're headed. Um, and so you have to feel pretty good about that. Like, hey, we were able to match them in a lot of ways, but the frustration is we didn't win it. And, yeah. and so it it was hard to come away from this game. It really took me some time to figure out, like, where do I land with what this game tells us about the Nashville Predators right now? Because, you know, there was some good in it, but it's also the same frustrating result. And at what point in a reset does results start overtaking progress? It's a tough game. Yeah. You know, here's a big question that I think we're going to talk about moving forward. Where's the Preds' confidence right now? Because yeah. there was a lot of, you know, uh, that was a lot of talk about the post game. Was like it's a confidence level. And the other question we have to ask: Is it time for some changes in the Nashville lineup? I'm not talking about you know tearing it down and trading UC Saros and Roman Yossi, but I'm talking about getting some new blood in there. It feels like we're past that time. Both of those topics are topics we're going to tackle coming up here in just a little bit. But first, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Uh, on a happier note, the Detroit Lions, yay, Come are on. one away from a championship game appearance in Las Vegas. I guess if you're a fan of the Chiefs, the Ravens, or the 49ers, yeah, I guess you have a reason to celebrate too. Hey, how would you like to go to the big game and have $100 off? Seems too good to be true, right? Not with game time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a ticket to the big game with code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time is the place to take the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly where your seat is. Your all-in prices show you your total up front, 
So you know you're getting a great deal without all of those hidden fees when you go to check out. And GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, sometimes even after it starts. So it's the place to go if you want to find last-minute tickets to an event near you. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Again, right now, all GameTime users get $100 off a ticket to the big game with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the GameTime app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off. Or if you're not going to the game, because, you know, you may not have an extra couple thousand dollars laying around, you can still use code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. So either way, you're a winner. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Dan, let's talk about the Nashville Predators loss to the Florida Panthers last night. 4-1, the final score. And let's talk about this team's confidence level. Yeah. This was something Andrew Burnett alluded to post-game. Yeah, he did. So this is what Andrew Burnett kind of had to say about the confidence level of the team after the Florida loss. Yeah, I, I think a lot of guys probably lack a little confidence right now. I, I think it. Uh, we had generated a bunch tonight, or some tonight, enough to, to put us into at least an overtime game. Um, we're just, we're not finishing. And it's kind of been a little bit of the story here the last week or parts of the season here and you know that's why you'd like to to get some bounces for some of these kids and maybe you feel a little bit better so we haven't been able to do that um leaving points on the board kind of a similar story to the arizona game where you had some opportunities um you know we get rid of that first and put ourselves in a pretty good opportunity going the third at home and got nothing out of it you get them to get that confidence back i mean in the nhl where every game is big and, and every opponent is tough i mean how do you get that confidence it's hard I, I mean it's that's the hardest thing especially for your young players it, it, it's tough and we've all gone through the, those roller coasters of of losing it and how do you regain it um i think as you go forward you, you start figuring out but right now we're kind of in one a little bit that way um but like i said just sometimes it takes a it takes a bounce it takes a lucky goal it takes a couple guys getting hot at the right time and, and it's kind of contagious uh, right now it's kind of going the other way yeah it's is that true, And Do you agree with that, where maybe it's just a case of seeing is believing? You know, somebody like Tommy Novak gets a goal there and then, you know, kind of turns it around. Is it that simple? Is it just finding one or two players to get hot and sort of rub off on the other team or rub off on the rest of the team? I think it can be that simple because when you look at players, the young players that the Predators have, Novak, Evangelista, Tomasino, Parson, and we have seen glimpses of ability. So I don't know that it's necessarily a question of do they really have the ability. I wonder if it is a confidence thing. And even in talking to a veteran like Ryan O'Reilly, he was talking about the Arizona loss. And he said, you know, we let Arizona get on the board first and all of a sudden you start gripping your stick a little bit tighter and, and you start pushing maybe a little bit where you didn't need to. And I think that's a little bit of what you're seeing offensively with some of these younger players where it's been a while, you know, Luke Evangelista had a couple of 
goals recently, but he kind of goes in spurts where he has some goals and then kind of a little bit of a non-factor in some games. You look at Tommy Novak, you know, he had a late goal versus Arizona. He had a goal January 12th, but the last goal that he had before that was November 4th. You know, part of that was injury, but in his first 14 games, you know, he had six goals in his 22 games since coming back from injury, he's got two goals. And I do think that it is something that does generate confidence. And right now, if you look across the board at these younger players, if you look at Novak Parson and you look at Cody Glass, you look at Phil Tomasino, they're all doing some great things, but what they aren't really doing with consistency is finding the back of the net. And if you have no one going, you know, I love the word that he said. He said contagious. And I do think that confidence is contagious. But when you have no one really playing with that kind of offensive swagger, it's hard to spread it. And I think mm -hmm. that's where the Predators are. I think they're stuck in that spot. But it's funny because they had players doing that. How many times over the past month or so did we talk about Philip Forsberg, you know, on a career right. best year? How many times did we talk about Ryan O'Reilly? Uh, having, you know, on pace for his best statistical season since his Stanley Cup year in St. Louis. How often do we talk about Gustav Nyquist having one of the best scoring seasons of his career? How many times do we talk about those three guys and being like they're carrying the team, just need someone to step up, just need some people behind them? Right. Um, you know, it, and that's it hasn't been the case. You know, you've had star players doing what they needed to do, like, you know, putting the puck in the net uh, at a great level, carrying this team, but no one else like, you know, to quote Andrew Burnett, like that's not, it's not rubbing off on anybody. Apparently. I wonder, and this is a question that, that I, I want to throw out to you because this is one of the things I wonder, you know, with the Nashville Predators right now, the way everybody's playing, if you shut down the Nashville Predators top line, you pretty much shut down the Predators offensively. Now, Jeremy, Lizon what happened yesterday? Cool. Yeah, happened yesterday, but you really shut them down offensively. For how good that top line is going, is there a point, Nick, at which you would say, you know what, we're going to break up Forsberg, O'Reilly, and Nyquist, and we're going to put two of them together, and we're going to throw, uh, we're going to throw a Yuso Parson in with them. We're going to throw, you know, a, a Phil Tomasino with them to see if they can spread that. Because right now we do have a line that is. You know, they're one of the best lines in the central division, top lines in the central division, but it's not spreading. So do you break up that top line to see if some of that can be contagious with other line mates? Would you do that? Isn't that what the big, I, I guess, criticism of Nashville has been for the past couple of years is you get chemistry together going with three guys and then instead of being like oh yeah these guys three guys have chemistry we're gonna let them cook throughout the entire year and sort of get familiar with each other it was always oh great this guy has chemistry and now that he's hot we're gonna have him try to use his hotness to build chemistry with someone else it's like hot. wasn't that wasn't that the big complaint about the line blender for the past no, year? absolutely but you is there merit to it in a situation like this because no, really, they just, we're they getting just, to a point where that top line is not effective in the sense that all the other, all the opposing team has to do is shut that one line down. So if yeah. nobody is producing, does it make sense to go, you know what, let's let's put them with someone else and see yeah. what happens here. OK, so here's, I guess, my thing on that. Mm -hmm. Let's take Philip Forsberg, for instance. 
he's having an elite season right now. I guess guess in terms of the Nashville Predators scoring history, he's having an elite season. (laughs) You say he's having an elite season. We need to get, you know, we need to get uh, Tommy Novak going. You put Philip Forsberg with Tommy Novak. Is he going to have the same success, the same level of success with Tommy Novak next to him instead of Ryan O'Reilly, who has been a big part of Philip Forsberg's success this year. And that's the same thing. You talk about Ryan O'Reilly being hot. You talk about him, you know, really hitting his offensive stride. Does he still put up those numbers when you put him next to, I don't know, Yakov Trenin and Luke Evangelista? Like, does he still have that success? Do you trust those two guys on his wing? to be able to finish plays like Philip Forsberg, like Gustav Nyquist have done. That's the thing. Like you're counting on, you know, them to sort of rub off where it's the guys that are in that position. Look, I mean, Tommy Novak had a chance at a really good goal last night. He had a really good setup from, and I can't remember who made that pass, but all you have to do was tap the puck into the wide open net and he couldn't finish that. Right. You know, you've had other people, you know, get good offensive chances and can't get out of their own way in the offensive zone. Um, Yakov Trenin, two offensive zone penalties last night. And, you know, and at that point it's like, okay, is it, is it really that we need to get these guys going by putting them with, you know, a star player or is it just that we need more, we actually just need the people underneath to step up like in from the second line down to step up and, and play better on their own. Because if you start doing you know, triple bypass surgery on this Preds lineup and you're putting your one, your hottest player here because you're trying to get someone else going, or -hmm. you're putting your number one center, you know, down in the second or third line, because you want to get these two guys on opposite ends going then all of a sudden you don't have any top line and you don't have any line that you can rely on for that go-to scoring. I think that is the biggest concern with doing something like that. But do they have what they need leaving it alone to get no. the wins they need to get? It's It it feels like, like uh, Bruno said, we're really in one right now. And I'm like, dude, you are really in one because I feel like continuing to do what you're doing I think the results recently have showed teams have figured it out. Shut down O'Reilly, Forsberg, and Nyquist, and you're going to win this game. You can't continue to keep doing the same thing and want and get different results. And yet I see your point. Like you're also going to sacrifice something if you mix it up. So the Predators are in one. And if this is a confidence problem, it is a tricky, that is a sticky wicket to get a young player through. It really is. So how do you, how do you do that? And that's where I think maybe you put them with a veteran. So, I don't know. So there's another option. There is. Predators. Is it time to just get some new blood on the roster? I think that's something that's worth talking about. And we'll talk about that coming up in just one second. 
First, want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by the Sleeper app. Friends, we are halfway through this season. We're still trying to sort out what's going to happen with the Nashville Predators. But regardless of where the Predators are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. It's the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleepers are number one choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do on Sleeper is pick whether players will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus shots on goal and more in a given game. For example, tonight you could pick, will Dylan Larkin have more or less than 0.5 points? Will Adam Fox have more or less than one and a half shots on goal? Will Alex Ovechkin score more or less than 0.5 goals? To win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. That's right. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can win big. Download the Sleeper app and use our promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you're going to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That is code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availabilities. All right, Ann. So before the break, we talked about, you know, sort of the confidence level for the Nashville Predators and playing a role in not being able to finish those chances uh, against the Florida Panthers. We talked about, you know, shuffling lines, bringing some guys, you know, in and out. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. The Nashville Predators have done that. Like, they've rotated guys in and out of the lineup. Other than the True. top line, True. which has been the the biggest reason the Nashville Predators are still in a playoff spot right now. They're the only reason this season hasn't just plummeted underwater. You know, we, we've seen guys coming in that line. We've had seen guys struggle, like Luke Evangelista and Phil Tomasino, Yakov Trent and Yuso Parson, and all of these players, you know, sort of come out of the lineup healthy scratch for, quote, unquote, a reset. Right. Come back in the lineup, do okay for a while, and then, you know, slow down and need another, quote, unquote, reset. We've had the same combination of healthy scratches, both up front and on defense for this entire season. We're just kind of shuffling the same people, the same faces in and out, just with different places in the lineup. Is it time, Ann, to sit down, look at the Milwaukee Admirals, and bring some people up? And at that same vein, is it time for the Nashville Predators to look at the main roster and make some hard decisions about players they do and do not envision possibly having a future on a winning version of this team moving forward. Yeah, I think that it is that time for a couple of reasons. One, the trade deadline is going to force the issue. The tricky part is the Nashville Predators, where they are in the standings, makes this feel like these are bigger decisions because right now the Predators are still battling for a wild card position. They are still looking at a chance for the postseason, which was not expected, but it is where they are. So yes, on the one hand, I'm like, maybe you have come to the end of the line in things that you can do internally with the roster that you have, and you need to start making these decisions, but you have to know in the back of your mind, 
in for a penny, in for a pound. And the decisions that you make right now may cost you an opportunity in the postseason. Are, you know, is Barry Trotz ready to say, you know what, we need to see something different. And if it costs us the postseason, it costs us the postseason. I don't know if that's where he's at. I do think the trade deadline is going to sort of force that. And I do think that you're right. You know, you look at some of the players on the roster who have been in and out of the lineup. And and I look at players like, and, and look, you know I love him, but I look at players like Yakov Trenin, and I think you have to make a decision. This is somebody that's had several of those reset you know, a healthy scratch games. You know, he had a tough one last night. This is not necessarily the Yakov Trenin that we thought uh, we were going to get, you know, in 21, 22, he had 17 goals. And I think we all thought, hey, look, this is a depth 20 goal scorer that hasn't materialized. It hasn't certainly materialized this season. And I think you've got a long enough list of, of um, history there to say, you know what, I'm just not sure this is going to work. It, the trade deadline's coming. Look, somebody wants Yakov Trenin. I, I, you know, regardless of how poor or, or how challenging this season has been for him, he offers something, especially to a team that's looking for a very specific skill set in a depth piece who is looking to make a, a, a run in the playoffs. I think those are some of the players that maybe you need to start taking calls, making calls about. I'm a little more hesitant when it comes to um, making decisions on players like Parsonen or Cody Glass. Well, you know, and not, it's not the body. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I'm, I'm with you. Like, you know, Dante Fabro in and out of the lineup when he's in the lineup, he's partnered with Roman Yossi on the top line. Are you in or are you out? Yeah. Is Fabro somebody you see long-term? Hey, this is a player that can partner with Roman Yossi on the top line and be consistently important for this Nashville Predators team two seasons from now. You've got a body of work from which to judge that. Maybe it's time to make that call. And maybe here's the biggest thing to me, Anne, is it's somebody who didn't even play last night, and it's Tyson Berry. Yes. How long are you going to let this go on? Yeah, I mean, you're basically just playing him at this point to basically try to get his trade value going. And it's uh, not working great. And it's not working right now. Yeah. How long are you going to do that for? Right. Like, like that's the first domino that needs to fall. And I, I'm almost at the point, if you're David Poyle, oh, Jesus Christ, if you're Barry Trotz, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a force of habit right there. If you're Barry Trotz and you're the general manager of the Nashville Predators, like you've been for the past 11 months, <laughs> um, are you just saying, look, we're not going to get what we wanted to from him and we don't necessarily want to wait for the deadline. What can we do to just get him off this roster? Right. Right now. Yeah. Does it just, does it take being like, we will hold half of his salary for the rest of the year, which I'm not confident they can, because I think you can only retain salary three times. I think, yeah, there is a limit to it. Yeah. And I'm trying to, I I think, yeah. So Barry would be the third because you're, you're holding Ekholm, you're holding Johansson. Um, Do you just say, look, we will hold half of his salary for the rest of the season. If you just give us a fifth round pick. Yeah. Just give us something because at this point, there's one roster spot that you know you're not going to use. Right. That you, and, you know, let's let's go to, you know, Dante Fabro. Like, again, are you in? Are you out? If not, what's what's his value on the trade market? 
right now because yeah. there might be somebody in Milwaukee, Spencer Stastny, Mark Delgado, uh, you know, maybe a couple other younger players down the road, like an Adam Willsby, um, after another, you know, year or so. Little Tanner like, Molendyke, anyone? Tanner Molendyke around the corner, Ryan Ufko around the corner, that you're like, okay, realistically, we would rather see them get a chance than a Dante Fabro, who we know is not going to. You know, we know we're not going to resign. We know we're going to try to trade. Just pull the trigger there, you yeah. know, and, and up front, like, you know, how do you feel about Yakov Trenin? A bad, bad game from Yakov Trenin last night. A stupid game from Yakov Trenin tough. last night. Um, yeah, it's like, it's, and he's been in the lineup. Like, are you really going in on that? Or is there someone else in Milwaukee like an Afanasiev, maybe a Yoakam Kimmel, maybe a uh, you know a, a Zachary Larue, like that may have a not just you know give some new blood in the lineup, but may have a chance to sort of get his feet wet to play a big role in a future season. These are the decisions that Trotz and Burnett are going to have to start making here over the couple of weeks, because uh, you and I were talking before, you don't want to disrupt anything that may tank the predators for the rest of the season. But at the same time, the thing the the people they have right now aren't helping them right. get to the postseason. So yeah. I would rather take a chance, potentially tank and just see what we have in some of these young guys. And if it works, then, oh, oh, look, all of a sudden, some young players that we think are going to be a part of the Preds' future just help them get over the hump and into a playoff spot. Yeah, and it all boils down to where is Barry Trotz's vision set? Is it on, hey, we're going to make the playoffs in this first year of the reset? Or, hey, I'm looking two seasons from now and we're going to make decisions right now that are going to benefit us two seasons from now. And it'll be interesting to see what he does because I think that's going to tell you what is he focused on right now. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, Barry Trotz, by the way, did give uh, a little bit of insight as to his trade deadline plans. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's Locked on Predators podcast. So stay tuned for some full trade deadline talk. Who do you trade? Who do you keep for a little bit longer? And what might you get uh, from some potential suitors around? So we'll have a trade deadline look ahead tomorrow. Unlocked on Predators podcast. Anna, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on social media at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at underscore NS Morgan on the social media feeds. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com to read all of my written work. That's going to do it for us on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with some trade deadline talk. We'll see you then.